powered by Transistor FM. Welcome to friends, foes, and neither. Do not adjust your podcatcher settings, because what you're about to hear is real. It's the Derek Duvall Show! Prepare yourself for pop culture, commentary, and interviews featuring no drama and no controversy, guaranteed. And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Productions Bunker, it's Derek Duvall! Hi there, everyone. Thank you, Duvall Nation, for that incredibly warm welcome. Please stop it. Okay, just a little bit more. (laughs) Thank you. I am Derek, and this is the Derek Duvall Show, the only show recommended for listening to in elevators that have broken down in skyscrapers. Not my words, but hey, awesome. We have got a great show today, but before we get started, I just want to address the football situation that's going on in Oklahoma right now. Saturday night, the Oklahoma State Cowboys defeated the University of Oklahoma in an incredible game. Believe me. Saturday night aged me by three years. This silver mop on my head turned about as white as Steve Martin's hair. It was an incredibly stressful game, and it always amazes me when OU loses because the fans just cannot ever mentally prepare themselves for it. It's it's almost comical at this point. Then, to add insult to injury, their head coach took the USC job under the cloak of secrecy and wasted no time running for the airport to get out of town. I am not joking. Look it up yourself if you don't believe me. Oklahoma Sooner fans look like they've been kicked square in the gnarlies. And man, as a long-suffering Oklahoma State fan, let me take a minute to address the Sooner fans who might be listening. (laughs) Okay, glad I got that out of my system. Don't worry about the Duval Nation, they'll be back. This episode is dropping on World AIDS Day. Now, as most of you know, I'm an avid supporter in the hunt for the cure. I also challenge you, when you are done with this episode, to listen to episode 22 with the crew from the AIDS documentary After 82. It's a great documentary made by a great group of guys. So, we are here with episode 32. We welcome to the show YouTube sensation and an incredibly sweet lady, Cassie from the show Popcorn in Bed. I'm a big fan of her show, and I just had to have her come on and explain the genesis of the show, the highs and lows, and also the behind-the-scenes stories. It's a fantastic episode, and if you're a cinephile of either immense or passing nature, her channel will bring you joy. So let's get this going. Duval Nation, rise to your feet and welcome to the show direct from the great state of Utah, Cassie from the popular YouTube channel Popcorn in Bed. Cassie, good afternoon. Welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. How is the weather out where you are? It is beautiful today. It's 65 degrees, which is my very favorite kind of fall weather. Leaves are changing. It's a good day. Are you a, are you a fall type of person? Yes. Fall is probably my favorite season. Yeah, I, I hear that a lot. So, I like is to it, start is my... it starting to change where you, where you are yet? No, but uh, I'm probably another two, three weeks. I'm going okay. to start falling off the trees. So. Yeah. I start my interviews with the same question, and that is, how has it been for you to navigate this crazy COVID-19 world we're living in? Oh, wow. That's a hard question, isn't it? You know, it's been hard. I have kids, and so they're my biggest thought during all this and how this is affecting them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like 
you know, we've expected so much of them during all this of kids. And luckily they're very adaptable and my kids would come home with their masks and I was so worried about them wearing masks to school and they'd come home and like keep them on for the next hour. I'm like, you know, you can take that off now. So it's good that they're adaptable, but I do pray and hope that the kids who have hard home situations or, you know, school is a safe place or whatnot, that, that they are faring okay in this pandemic as well. We had a teacher on here um, and she was talking about during the pandemic, she didn't get to say goodbye to her kids for that year because, you know, everything just shut down Aww. immediately. And um, she was saying that during the, you know, with, with some children, you know, their only three, you know, meals a day come from school. So she right. was buying meals for them and taking them to their house and what have you. She's just a good oh, person. So. you got to love teachers. And, and I mean, after all this too, it's just, they've done incredible. Oh, absolutely. No question. They're, them and first and frontline responders, they're the true heroes yes. right now. Yes. Yeah. My mom is a nurse. And so oh. I have a special place for nurses and i know this has been a super tough year for for everyone in the medical field so i like to start at the beginning where are you originally from and what was it like growing up for you so i'm from canada actually um yeah i was born in or actually i was not born there but i was raised in alberta canada where my family still lives and i absolutely loved it i had a great childhood i still love canada even though i have been out of there for about 10 years now i love to go back and visit and yeah so i feel like my sense of canadian pride even increased more when i came to the states for college and you know it's kind of something i mean you don't think of canadians as exotic but it was something different and i i felt i felt like way more proud to be canadian even after i was out are you a dual citizen I am, yes. Nice. So which is, I'm a, which I'm is a helpful. I'm with Great Britain, so I was just curious. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, it, it, it's helpful living here for sure. My siblings oh, who are also here in the States are not dual citizens, and it's just a lot more paperwork and visas and whatnot. So it's, it's lucky. You mentioned college. Where did you go to college and what did you study? I went to BYU, and I studied communications with an advertising emphasis. Nice. Do you still, are you using that uh, degree today? I mean, you know, with this start of this uh, YouTube channel we're doing, I feel like I am using it a lot now with like the whole marketing side of things and, you know, how to get myself out there more and sponsorships and things like that. So you mentioned your channel. Let's get right on to it. Your channel is Popcorn in Bed, a very successful (laughs) idea, 120,000 subscribers. I got to know, where did the idea originally come from? So it was actually my husband's idea. And I have never been like a person that spends a lot of time on YouTube. Like, I I don't know. And so he had stumbled across a reaction to, he had just watched The Matrix or something. And then it popped up on his YouTube feed, a reaction to The Matrix. And he watched the whole thing. And then like more reactions started popping up. And he thought, well, Kathy's never seen any good movies. She's semi-dramatic and emotional, so she would be good at this. So he um, gave me the idea, and I was like, so you record yourself watching a movie, and then people watch you watching the movie. He's like, yes. And I was like, well, no one will watch that. That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> but um, kind of to appease him, I was like, sure, you know what, I'll, I'll try. And so I watched The Shawshank Redemption, you know, just like on my laptop with my phone recording me and it was actually really fun like to 
kind of found that creative outlet. And so then we did another one and like, it was kind of slow at first, but then I think after three or four videos, like steam really started picking up and it's kind of just been crazy ever since. And it's really bizarre. Like I, I'm still blown away, but it, it is, I'm having the time of my life doing it. So we'll get back to the Shawshank Redemption in a second, but there is a question I got to ask. Based yeah. on what you just said, am I into the impression that you just did not watch movies growing up or? <laughs> I know it, it's funny because so there's so many mean comments on YouTube, but the ones that hurt me the most are when people are like, you're acting. There's no way you've never seen this. And I want to uh -huh. just be like, you know, I promise. I'm... <laughs> the thing is, I, I'm very sensitive. And so, and my parents, they weren't strict, but they did like, I feel like want to keep me innocent longer and shield me. So I, I didn't watch a lot of scary or, you know, rated R movies at all growing up. And then I think that made me even more sensitive. And so even when I was an adult and out on my own, I just only watched chick flicks basically and romantic comedies over and over and over. And was your parents like Phoebe Buffay from friends where like everything that happened, the bad, they just stopped the movie and say, that's the end. Like that or exactly <laughs> and i would do the same thing even when i was watching by myself like even with a series of shows like if i knew something bad was coming i would just end it and then make up how i wanted it to be in my head <laughs> so that it ended happily and not watch anymore <laughs> you mentioned earlier the first film you did was shawshank redemption which is universally considered one of the top three greatest films of all time right uh why was that the first one and you had, and just so I clear, you had never seen any of it before or heard of it? No. Well, okay. So my brother has been bugging me for years. He's a big movie buff. And he, anytime the Shawshank Redemption was brought up, he's like, how have you never seen that? That's one of the greatest films ever made. You are an abomination. Like you have to watch that. <laughs> and so actually I was under the impression the whole time. Like I even said in my intro to Shawshank Redemption, like, I think this is a war movie. I think Josh Hartnett is in it. I thought I was thinking of Black Hawk Down the whole time. So when it like started and there was nothing about a war, I'm like, oh, okay. So this is not what I thought. Mm -hmm. And I ended up just loving it. Like it's still one of my favorites I've watched for the channel. There's a funny story that goes around it, and this is very popular, especially in the United States is that there are people who have actually never seen the film not on AMC, as in they've only ever seen the cable edited version. And my oh, wife really? my wife was one of them. So obviously I've seen it, in, I saw it in the theaters, I, I own it on DVD, Blu-ray, every formation of physical media, I own it. When we first started dating, I she said one of her favorite movies was Shawshank Redemption. I was like, oh, mine too. So I put it on for her in my apartment at the time. And she's it was about 10 minutes into it. She's like, I don't remember this. And then it was, you know, there was, you know, the swearing and, you know, the prison stacks and all this stuff. And she's like, I don't remember any of this. So I'm like, how have you not seen this? And she's only seen it, the cable edited version. And it was, um, it was like watching a movie through her eyes for the first time. And I was just completely blown away that that was possible. Right. Know? Yeah. And they probably cut a lot out with that movie. Oh, they <laughs> they did. Had to cut yeah. <laughs> We were, I think, actually, not long ago, um, I actually, someone, I think, had it on AMC, the the edited version. I was just completely, like, a lot of the words were changed around, like, you see, they're overdubbed and stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the worst way to watch this movie. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad she saw the true version. <laughs> yeah, me too. So, obviously, I've watched a lot of the videos. One of my favorite things I've heard you say, and it was at the end of one of my all-time favorite films, and that was The Last of the Mohicans. And oh, you yeah, said, that you said this phrase, and I 
I've kind of burned it into my memory because it was just it made me laugh so hard. And it was <laughs> very it was at the very end you say that was so much unnecessary death. And I I actually I watched it not long ago. I put it on uh, in my theater room and I watched it. And at the end mm -hmm. I was like, wow, she's right. There was a lot of unnecessary death. So that one was a hidden gem for sure. It was actually like I I had at one point um something on Patreon where people could uh, have a tier and request whatever movie they wanted and someone said that was one of his favorites and that one was unlike anything I had seen before to that point and a hidden gem I feel like really well done so when you watch these movies are you like you know are you putting them in like I'll watch that again or you know like in case of last one Higgins did you go out and seek out like the soundtrack or anything like that oh the soundtrack was so pretty I mean I I have always been this way but after I watch a movie I like Immediately, even on the way home from the theater, I'm looking up articles about it. I'm mm -hmm. researching to see how much was true versus what. Like, so I, I have done that with everything I've watched. I love to find out, um, especially with the true stuff, like the World War II and Chernobyl and things like that. It's been really fun to learn so much more about what I'm watching. You know, it's funny you say that. Um, the movie was was supposedly takes place in New York, but it was all shot in North Carolina. And the final 10 minutes of that movie where you're on the cliff, you can actually go there. It's part of a national park. It's there. Um, it's, really? It's beautiful as it looks in the movie 50, what, 30 years ago. But yeah, if you make it out to North oh. Carolina, make a trip to actually go to, I can't remember the name of the state park off the top of my head, but it's there. And people, they they take pictures, they reenact things. It's It's fantastic. Wow. Yeah, I've always wanted to go to North Carolina because... So many chick flicks I've seen are in North Carolina. So, uh, so of all the reactions you've done, um, my absolute favorite was the Silence of the Lambs. Now, I saw this oh, theater, boy. In the theaters <laughs> when it first came out. I, I remember when it won all the Academy Awards, undeservedly so. It's in my top ten all-time favorite films. It watching you watch that, it's one of those few times I would give almost anything to experience it again for the first time, and. You your your reaction was just absolutely priceless at all the right parts. Oh, yeah, yeah it, it was just so great. What do you remember from reacting to that movie? Well, and you know, to comment on what you just said, it's funny because when I tell friends and family like that I'm doing this, and a lot of them have never heard that reacting to movies on YouTube is a thing, they're like, "Well, why would people want that? Like, what? Why? Like, why do you get views?" And I. And I've thought about that a lot. And I think there's a lot of reasons, but one for sure is like, it's as close as you can get to watching it again for the first time. Right. And, yeah. and that is like such a magical experience for so many, especially with films that people love so much. And so I think, I think that's a huge reason why it's just as close as you can get to watching it yourself for the first time to kind of see it through someone else's eyes and someone who's different from you will have a totally different reaction. Right. And so it's funny hearing people say like, oh, wow, I never would have thought that when I saw that scene, but it was the first thing that popped into my head. But um, back to your question, what I remember about Silence of the Lambs, well, a lot of the things I saw in that movie are very visual in my head now. But it's crazy to think that Anthony Hopkins was only in that movie for such a short amount of time. I yeah. think someone said it was like 16 or 17 minutes. 16 minutes. But oh my gosh, he, you know, he is forever like such a horrendous villain. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how he did it, but he was terrifying. Oh yeah. One of the things, like I said, I'm originally from Wales and so is he. And it, oh, he's, he's I didn't know that. and to hear him in his actual Welsh accent is so pleasing to the ear because he is this Shakespearean trained actor. He is 
I mean, he's, you know, multiple Academy Award wins. He's just one of the greatest, I consider one of the greatest modern day thespians of, you know, of the craft. But uh, to see Silence of the Lambs, especially the two movies he did after that, where he played Hannibal Lecter again, he just, it's, it's just priceless. It, it was something he was born to do. Yes. So yeah. in your opinion, should I watch the next two movies? Because oh, I, yeah. I, as, as scary as it was, it was mm -hmm. such good um, storytelling and... Yeah. I feel like it, I, I like like, um, you know, stuff like CSI and stuff about the FBI. So I like found that part super interesting. And I know there's a movie about kind of how he was caught. Yeah, I don't so, and remember that. Is that the Red Dragon? Or yes, Red Dragon. The so Red Dragon's good. And it is very good. Uh, Ray Fiennes is just, he's one of the greatest actors, I think, of all time. And he plays such a scary villain. He always does great villains from right. uh, Schindler's List now to and Red Dragon, especially. Uh, it is a great movie. Um, yes, the first 15 minutes is how they caught Hannibal Lecter. But uh, the one that was after the sequel, which is Hannibal, it's a completely different movie. It's not like Sons of the Lambs where it's, you know, detective work and so forth. It's, it's Hannibal Lecter in the open world trying to evade capture. It's a really, wow. really, really terrifying film. Oh, I don't know if I can handle it, but I, I mean... Yeah, I did watch The Shining recently, so but I had a very hard time. But now I'm like, I can probably handle anything. <laughs> uh, you said you saw The Shining recently? Oh, yeah, like okay. just a few nights ago. And I literally, I had to pause it in the middle, like take a break. I, I actually had to have my cousin, my husband come sit on the bed because I'm like, I literally can't go on. Like, I cannot watch it by myself in yeah. my room anymore. Yeah. I was mortified. <laughs> Okay, Duval Nation, we're going to go ahead and take a brief break. This gives you a chance to refill your coffee, stretch, do some of those deep breathing exercises we love to do on this show. Clouseau style? Yes, you heard that right. Clouseau style. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Here are promos for two friends of the show and a brief PSA under fair use, and then we'll be right back. Hello there, Gigawater gang. I'm Kina, the host of the boozy and delightfully foul-mouthed comedy podcast, Historical AF. I'm a nerdy public historian that is joined by a special guest each week to deliver funny, weird, spooky, and morbid historical nuggets you never knew you needed in your ear holes. Past topics have included the magical manhood of Russia's mad monk Rasputin, my hot take the aliens did not build the pyramids, Serial killers that both my parents happened to meet as children. Listen, I know what you're thinking. Kina, how do you even exist right now? Also, who was it? All right, I'll tell you. Spoiler alert, it was Sean Wayne Gacy and Mark Allen Smith. Anywho, we can't forget the spooky. I've covered topics ranging from the ghosts of Anne Boleyn to the night marchers in Hawaii. Don't look at them, guys. If you do, you have to strip naked and you have to lay on the dirt. Dim's the rules. You can listen and subscribe to Historical AF wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Historical AF Pod. And finally, you can check out the website for links to listen, sources, because citing is sexy, photos, and more at historicalafpodcast.com. Okay, bye! Johnny, catch! Oh no! Let's tell Mom it was Billy's mistake. You're making the mistake. Flint! Anyone can have an accident, but lying makes it worse. But Mom will be upset. She'll be even more upset if you lie. And how would you feel if Billy got punished? Face up to what you've done. Don't take the easy way out. We'll tell her we did it. Remember, it's better to tell the truth. And that's no lie. Now we know. 
and knowing is half the battle. Looking for a new podcast? Check out the Infectious Groove podcast. My name is Russ, and I host the show along with Michelle and Kyle. Every Monday, the three of us bring you music news and tell you our jammy jams, so you'll always have new music to check out. The Infectious Groove podcast discusses music from nearly every decade and genre while openly displaying our passion for music you need to hear. On top of that, we have a thought-provoking main topic of discussion every week to get you thinking, discussing, and sharing music. We also include interviews with the music stars of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms. Subscribe and listen to the Infectious Groove podcast on your favorite podcast platform today. Welcome back to the Dirk Duvall Show. I have missed those PSAs. I get told often that they not only bring back nostalgia, but they also inspired a talk or two from parents installing safety knowledge to their kids. Hey, if that's what I can do, hey, I've done my job. Anyways, go Joe. On that note, let's get back to the conclusion of our interview with the amazing Cassie, the host of the YouTube channel, Popcorn in Bed. So as you mentioned earlier, you've brought guests on to join you. How did they enjoy the experience? Yeah, so my sister has done um, four or five with me now, and she is so fun to do it with. I feel like she even brings out a different side of me during the reaction, so it's kind of fun to like have that energy between us. And we love watching movies together, always have, but we were always just like watching romantic comedies and just like swooning over the love stories. And so this has been like different, a definitely different experience when we're watching things like jaws and independence day and i love having her and i feel like my subscribers love her they're always asking like when's carly coming back to join you for another one so um we actually recently just did casablanca and then we are going to do some kind of scary movies together in october so is that yeah it's been really fun you said you mentioned your past is mostly romantic com uh, romantic movies what is your favorite romantic movie oh well, I've also thought about this a lot, and so I do have an answer, even though it's so hard. But I think my favorite, have you seen About Time with Rachel McAdams? And Yeah, I can't watch that movie anymore because my father passed away um, a couple of years ago. Oh, I watched it one time, and yes. I was like, nope, nope, nope. That, that is one of my favorites. I just, it it's a great movie. Don't like, it is a great movie. Yes, I just, yeah, it but just it, hit it, me. It hit yeah. home too much for yeah. you. I get that. And that is like such a special part of it is like the father son relationship. But um, I, it just made me feel like, you know, like to really treasure the time we have. And I don't know. Yeah, I, I love that one. I also love um, like the classics notebook. Mm-hmm. And I saw that for the first Marley time. Marley and me is actually one of my favorites. No, you did not. You I should did. have filmed yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, my wife, uh, we were, I can't remember what we were doing, but she said, I've, I told her, so I've never seen the notebook. She's like, okay. So we put it on, and I, I took a few minutes to figure out what was going on. But that last, uh, uh, was it where they're in the resting home and they, uh, spoiler, oh. yeah. I was like, yes, oh, that's, that's beautiful and what have you. So, yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, the I, one I, I liked the most, she's maybe watch was, God, it was either Dirty Dancing or Pretty Woman. I, I did enjoy both of those. Yes, I like those. My dad loves Pretty Woman, like, randomly. and Because he's not, he doesn't usually like that kind of movie, but he right. loves that one. So I I have happy memories of watching that with him on TV when I stayed homesick or something. <laughs> so, as you mentioned earlier, you know, Science of the Lambs. What is the one film that you've done so far that has left you the most unsettled or traumatized? Um, Well, definitely The Shining. <laughs> I think because it's little kids are involved, you know, and it's about hurting that little boy. And I have kids. It, it's that one 
definitely was the most traumatizing. But also, um, I really had a bad feeling after watching Pulp Fiction. I didn't really. I know. I I know there are diehard Tarantino fans, but I did not like that one. That's hmm. probably been my least favorite I've done, it, which I know probably I would get some hate for. But I don't know. Oh, it just my money was on Schindler's List, to be honest with you. But yeah. Oh, see, Schindler's List. It was horrifying, mm-hmm. and. I literally thought about it every day for like a month after, like it stuck with me so much, but it, it also had like glimmers of hope. Right. And I think made it okay for me versus like the Pulp Fiction where it's just like so much blood, so much heads being shot off and I don't know, (laughs) drugs. How long does it take you to watch, edit and release um, one of these films? Oh, it's changed quite a bit from when we first started. We were able to hire an editor not too long ago. Really? So, yes. And, and that has completely changed it for us, which is why we're able to release so much content. But my husband was doing all the editing before, and he had never edited before. He knew the program a little bit, but it was taking him days and days. And he works full-time as well. So it was really hard. Now that we have an editor... He's able to do the YouTube edits. My husband still does our Patreon edits. And I do the movies. And But the movies is the fun part. And, and so is this other part. But it takes me a lot longer to reply to comments and just stay active with the community, which I want to because like they're the ones supporting me and making this possible. But it is hard to like ever step away from that. I feel like I could be on my phone literally every second of the day replying to comments and interacting with people. But... I, at some point, I do have to be like, okay, I gotta, you know, focus you just on something described, else. You just described an average day for me with Twitter. Trust me, uh, the comments. And, oh yes, and some I'm of that. Sure. It, 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 I have to set aside time literally in my schedule now to just say, hey, one hour doing this, one hour doing that to keep up to right. date, and, and all my emails I get, and it's just, it's a lot sometimes. I get it. Trust me. Yeah, and I feel I feel really guilty when I'm not able to respond. Um, in a timely manner, but, and people are so kind. And like, especially on uh, my Patreon, they write me like these very heartfelt messages and I feel like they deserve a heartfelt message reply. And so sometimes it just takes much longer than I think it will. And, but it is, it's so fun to talk movies with all these people who are so passionate about it through YouTube and Patreon. One thing I always caution people um, advance, especially people who've never been exposed to that side of, of pop culture, is uh, fan bases can be very unforgiving sometimes. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's the truth. Uh, your your Lord of the Rings, your Star Wars, your Star Trek, and you know there's a few other ones I'm sure. They if you if you so much as question, you know oh. what, what's in their head, you're you're talking about invading Poland. It it's it's not. Oh yes. It is not pleasant. I have found that to be true, um, especially with doing Star Wars recently. Yeah. And I I did the, um, what I've come to find out is the Vulcan pen symbol, you yeah. know. And <laughs> everyone was up in arms about that. Yeah. And uh, most people, I feel like most people are kind, but some people are like, I could not get through this. You are, you know, destroying yeah. the Star Wars universe <laughs> with every comment. <laughs> Oh boy, yeah. Like I said, um, like I said, there's there's an entire fan base out there. I mean, they do cosplay. They, you know, they write their own, you know, movies and do all this. It's incredible. Don't get me wrong, and especially that much amount of creativity. That creativity is very, very, very important. But at the same time, I mean, especially when you know the real people who make the real movies, uh, when they even so much as you know go across 
uh, their belief system. It's 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 horrible to watch. I've seen actual actors and actresses driven off of social media um, because they just can't tolerate the toxic fan base that really oh yes it's it's that's so interesting because like we you love what i did so much that you're like this super fan but you are being rude and toxic to me which is just yeah kind of backwards so it's one of the things like i mean i obviously i don't think you've made it to the the new star wars films but all the actors and actresses who are in it you know they had you know great lives before star wars and you know very productive on social media and that first movie comes out and the fan base was so toxic that they were sending death threats they were sending you know racial racially charged messages and stuff like that to the point yes. where these people were afraid to be online and a lot wow. of it undeservingly so not even not, they don't deserve even a fraction of that kind of stuff in that direction but it happened and it got to a point where a lot of people were like very turned off by the fan base interesting mm-hmm. yeah the i i know uh, hundreds of people have said, you know, don't even bother watching 789. They are a disgrace to the yeah. Star Wars universe yeah. and whatnot. But I'm like, well, you watch them, so mm-hmm. I'll watch them too. Yeah. And I'm very easily entertained and probably because I'm not a super fan in that sense, I think I will probably enjoy them. I like Disney stuff. But yeah. We'll see. I don't know yet, but mm-hmm. I still am going to give them a chance and kind of form my own opinion, I think. Mm-hmm. You should. Uh, one of those people, like my wife, I was telling you, hey, this movie got an 89 on Rotten Tomatoes. My wife's like, okay, so sad. I don't care. She's like, I'm a, right. you know, I'm a, you know, an, an interesting, intelligent human being. I will form my own opinion. I'm like, oh, that's true. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. So, so much of, of liking movies is like your own experience, right? Yeah, like exactly. some of, some people comment and say, oh my gosh, this is my favorite movie because I remember watching it as a 12-year-old with my dad and like we, and they have such like nostalgia of the memory of watching it that it's, that it's their favorite versus like what actually happens in the movie. It's just so much about the nostalgia of it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you mentioned earlier, my all-time favorite movie in the whole world is Jaws. And I, I'm very fortunate that my favorite movie in the world is Jaws because it's almost universally decided that it's probably one of the greatest films ever made. So I don't have to have listen yeah. to some very you know ignorant people say, "Oh, Jaws sucks." I'm like, no, 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 right, no, no, doesn't. So yeah, um, my question though is, when you're not running this this uh, YouTube channel, what do you do for fun? I mean, what do you do outside <laughs> of outside of the YouTube realm? Um, well, that's a good question. I have been so insanely busy with it that I have had little downtime. But um, when I do, I love just doing things with my kids we go out hiking go to the pool um we traveled to canada to see my family for a month this last summer i also am one of those adults that love disneyland and so we went on a trip there recently and it is my happy place we hadn't been in (laughs) two and a half years so that was so fun i love getting together with girlfriends and going to a nice dinner yeah (laughs) um what about music do you you real big into music you know, I'm not, and I'm not one of those people that like gets gets into my car and like puts on a playlist or puts on one when I'm in the shower. I just, I don't really, I, I like, you know, the stuff I was a teenager to, like Backstreet Boys, and I like Taylor Swift, and usually what's on the top forty. But I, yeah, I'm not really into music. Although I have come to appreciate movie scores like so much more yeah. now that I've watched all these really great movies, and I have realized like how powerful even when you know with jaws it's two notes and it's like so iconic yep. and so it is cool to 
kind of be more aware of the power of music in film. So what does the future look like for you? <laughs> it's also a good question. Yeah, um, I don't know. I really, really never expected it to grow like this. And I am, am just blown away. Like, I think when my husband said, I bet you'll be to 50,000 by this time, I was like, no way in the world will we ever get to 50,000. And I'm kind of like the person that like aims low and is pleasantly surprised if, and so I don't know. I, I would love, we, I would love to be to 200,000 subscribers by Christmas. I think like that's uh, a goal of mine just to connect with more people. And everyone's like, well, are you running out of movies? And you would think so, but I am not even close to touching the surface of how many <laughs> great movies are out there. So I cannot even keep up with the suggestions. I have a spreadsheet of thousands and thousands of movies. So <laughs> it, it's overwhelming, but super exciting. Exactly. So I like to end my interviews with the same question. That question is this. If the entire planet was listening to this broadcast, what would be the one thing you would want to say to the people of Earth? The one thing I would want to say is, and I, I don't know if everyone says this, but just be kind. Like, it's, it's hard to see so much division and unkindness in our world right now. And so I am like, you know, it's cliche, but like, come on, people, world peace. Just be kind to your neighbor and to anyone and everyone. All right. Cassie, thank you ever so much for coming on. I know it was a little back and forth trying to get this organized, but this has been an absolute blast. And I'm sure my fans join me in wishing you all the success for you, your channel, and your family for the future. Oh, you are so kind. Thank you so much for having me. This is my first podcast I've ever oh. been on, so it's going to be kind of crazy to hear this back. And <laughs> I love podcasts, so I'm, I'm excited. But yeah, thank you so much for having me. Well, you're in good company. So, like I said, there's been some. We've had some really stellar guests. So you're you're joining you join on the Pantheon. Yes. yes, thank you so much for thinking of me. And just like that, Duval Nation, we come to the end of this episode of the Derek Duval Show. I want to thank Cassie for taking the time out of her very very busy schedule to come on the show. She was an absolute delight, and I am so glad our show could be her first podcast to appear on. We are still in seventh gear, and we have a full week of great interviews being recorded, including an incredible appearance from an 80s action movie icon. I cannot wait for you to hear that one. On behalf of the entire team here at The Derek Duvall Show, I say laugh often, be kind, and get the vaccine. Let's all do our part to right the ship and get back to doing things we used to love doing pre-pandemic. Nosta, God bless, and see you very soon. Planet Earth. This has been a recording of the Derek Duval Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvalShow.com, for the latest news on downloads and to explore past episodes. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Derek Duval Show.